0: What's going on, everyone? Happy Monday. Happy episode 25 of bet to win I'm Claudia Belafato here with my co-host and good friend, Joe Fan. What's up, Joe?
1: How are we doing? How was your weekend?
0: Good. I uh, got back. I was in Boston for an extended stay because I was feeling a little under the weather. But I'm back in Vegas now, back here with you.
1: It's great to have you here.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I didn't really do anything. I kind of just watched. Obviously, it was a big Saturday for college football, so I watched college football All day saturday and then just watch nfl all day sunday very lazy but it's fine it's the season for such a weekend
1: it is i saw legion stadium for the first time i went to the raiders washington football team game oh i uh it's all about who you know in life (laughs) that is true a friend who uh got hooked up with some pretty dope seats uh to where we're like the second level but it's in this club space where it was like movie theater seats and like a tv in front of me so I was watching the game from the 50 yard line oh so you
0: know no people
1: with the red zone (laughs) right in front of me so I'm watching all the afternoon games while also at that game that's you uh it was a ton of fun it's a really cool stadium um other than that yeah a very football filled weekend and I still can't get over how nice it is out here right now Mm. like back home um it's like down to 30s already, oh, ice on the roads, freezing, and it's been like 75 yeah. and sunny here every day. Yeah. Apparently, that's not normal. We're both Vegas newbies, but...
0: Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting nice it. I came home before. from Boston, and I had like 17 layers on, I get off the plane, and I'm like, okay, it's hot here. Yeah. I like it. But it makes me feel like extra lazy when I just sit in all day Sunday. Like, when I'm in Boston, I'm like, all right, there's nothing I can do outside. Mm-hmm. It's snowing. I can sit on my couch all day, but here, I feel kind of like a lazy piece of poop. <laughs> but anyways... <laughs> uh speaking of this weekend let's talk about what went well what didn't um and i think we both had the same l vikings
1: we had some <laughs> those, victory laps those too.
0: damn vikings yeah my I, way back when last thursday i gave out cowboys money line i did cowboys money line separate vikings money line separate i also parlayed them parlay didn't you hit. also
2: picked
1: utah our,
0: i think i picked utah college hit. yeah yeah i don't know i can't stop thinking about the vikings i guess I'm with you. I mean, those were like the main plays I gave out. Those are the ones I played. Um, But Washington hit. That was a a Moneyline dog. I had plus 120 against the Raiders. So um, that hit. I didn't have a ton of plays. I was going to look at some props, but I mainly just played sides, which I don't normally do.
1: Yeah. My wins were Michigan uh, and then Indianapolis covering against the Texans. Uh, the Broncos not covering 10 hurt. I put that out there on uh, Taylor bill. That line moved all the way to eight and a half before kickoff. Teddy Bridgewater was just horrific last night. That Broncos defense played tremendous. Give them a chance. To, certainly not just to cover, you know, you give up 22 points to the chiefs. You should cover 10 yeah. or eight and a half, whatever you got that number at. Uh, but Teddy Bridgewater only mustering nine points. And really when you say Teddy Bridgewater, it was really Javante Williams carrying that team throughout that game. But the big L that, That we both took. Oh. a stupid game.
0: Oh, the Vikings. I just, I can't. Shame on me for thinking, too. I kept saying, like, I didn't want to touch a side. I was going to just go money line. But, like, I kept going back and forth. Like, but they have to cover, right? It's the Lions. Come on. Like, so I did end up playing the spread and the money line. Shame on me for thinking they would change things up. Shame on me for thinking they could win this game. Shame on me for thinking they wouldn't stop. Jared Goff, who had two fourth-quarter turnovers, who leads the league in turnover-worthy throws. God forbid they let him have an easy 11-yard touchdown pass.
1: You know <laughs> what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a Four different seconds. tone. I'm going to say shame on them. This is a winless Lions team. This game is crucial for your place in the NFC uh, wildcard picture. Yeah. You're five and six. You've already blown a ton of games late. You don't have the ability to have a letdown spot in this game. And then the last play of the game, I know that you can't boil games down to one play, but I think if there's a game you could boil down to one play, I'm okay doing it with this one.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Cameron Dantzler, just slowly backpedaling into the end zone, three, four yards deep. Xavier Woods, who's the safety in the middle of the field, no desire to help. Neither of been in a position to break on the ball. Mara St. Brown just runs to the goal line, stops, and Jared Goff puts it on him. Yeah. Wasn't a great play. Didn't have to, like, make a contested catch. Didn't have to make a great throw. No. Even post-game in the AP report or whatever the pool report was that was uh, on ESPN, pulled this this morning where Mara St. Brown, the one who scored the touchdown, he had a big game, 10 catches, 86 yards of yeah. touchdown. It was actually crazy, St. Brown <laughs> said. They were three or four yards in the end zone. There's a, so you look at the lack of sense of urgency. Every time I've watched the replay, I've watched it far too many times. Me
0: too.
1: Just what, what's going through Cam Dansler's head? Mm-hmm. Because even when the throw was made, he wasn't in a position to break on the football. Right. He would have been late regardless, given his positioning. But it was just baffling to me. And so my five-team teaser that was going to get my, my month of December started off right at plus 400. Cowboys cover easily. Colts cover easily. Cardinals cover easily. Washington football team covers easily. Just needed the Vikings to play defense for one more play. One more. Betting is stupid.
0: Yep. Lions deserved that win. Congratulations. I will. Congrats to the Dan BL. Campbell. Congrats. Yes. Dan Campbell. Yeah, he needed that win. He so, needed it. So dumb. Blood, sweat, and tears paid am, off.
1: Finally. I'm not over it.
0: I'm not over it. I took it personally. You took it personally. It's all right. We will move on. We have a fun game tonight. Before we get to that Monday Night Football, we had a great interview today. We had two special Blue Wire guests come through. Um, we talked about all of the dog wins. And those two guests were Will Blackman and Nick Diaz, host of the Upsets and Underdog podcast. Will, also an NFL veteran and Super Bowl champion.
3: We're happy to be here with my dog, Nick Diaz, Man, we um, finally, in the flesh, we got to hang out and uh, do the show here in person. So it's good, man how do you guys
1: yeah. like the studio
2: you've been to the studio this is your first time yeah first time it's here. dope man it's it it looks better in person than it does in all the videos mm-hmm. and pictures that you see and it was yeah. good to finally link up with will after all these months of being oh,
0: podcast you guys first, Oh,
1: you guys have been doing a long
2: distance relationship yeah and and i told him to i was like in person i was like dude we're podcast best friends he doesn't really like to go with that so i, just I never said it.
3: i never denied it i just <laughs> never said yes <laughs>
2: But yeah, it was the first time we linked up, and it was really cool to actually do a show in person together. Because yeah, y- you guys know this. In, in yeah. person, it's ten times better than yeah. over well, we, a Zoom.
3: But well, we still kill it, you know, regardless. So yeah. It was cool. But he did, I mentioned before the show, like, I do, when I come to Vegas, I just sit in a room and order room service and watch TV. <laughs> and he, he got a good glimpse of that when he came by the room. <laughs> I was just eating. Nick's, w- Nick's
0: down there being a degenerate gambler. And Will's just up in his. No, throat. he came by.
3: He came by, and I had like fries. I had wings. I had lo mein. Got his eight dollar chicken tenders, <laughs> just kicking it. Cajun wings uh. and low mein, and I had champagne too. I think. Yeah, he did. Damn. Okay. A
0: little wine, right? Living
1: your best life.
3: Uh, you can follow
0: them at Will Blackman and at Nick the Ten. Tell us a little bit about the podcast first, because we luckily have a lot of dogs today, but give us a, a look at what your podcast looks like
2: it's a pretty cool dynamic the former pro athlete the degenerate over here <laughs> stop, the dynamic, doing,
0: stop doing that
2: what no that I, is a fun I, dynamic. I wear it as a as a badge of honor that I'm a degenerate
0: so. people can relate to that yeah Will.
2: <laughs> and uh it's cool because I've learned a lot from Will like from him playing for as much as i know the game or know the sport Mm. it's completely different yesterday he's eating wings and he's just like with his feet up on the chair and he's calling out (laughs) plays He's like run to the right i'm like all right maybe it's a fluke then the next play he's like oh out route out route comes i'm like (laughs) and then now i'm creeping up in my chair and i'm like hold on what's going on here and then he named like another three plays and in my head i'm like all right for as much as i know there's just like levels just like there isn't anything in life so it's been a pretty cool dynamic to learn from him yeah and it's it's cool because you do you get
3: the best of both worlds you get like you get real inside analysis, mm-hmm. and that's my style. I really try to bring you like in the huddle, in the locker room, on the field, and then you get the other half of actual sports betting. So I got to learn a lot from him. The biggest thing I learned in sports betting is get out your feelings. Yeah, <laughs> bet numbers, not teams, mm-hmm. not teams. Get out. so despite how you feel, despite what I know, and that's why I get in a lot of trouble of like, I'm like, well, this makes sense. This is what happens, but it's like look at the numbers. Like the things I learned from him was. Watch out for sandwich games, right? <laughs> sandwich games. I'm like, what the heck is that? He goes, well, if they're playing like a division team and then there's like a a not so good team in between, mm-hmm. the next team, next game is a big game. Like that game in between is a dangerous. It's a setup for a team. And yeah. where, where for me, I'm like,
2: no, they should just roll over
3: them. But that's a dangerous. So it's it's stuff like that. Yep. Yeah,
2: and also like the last thing that's really cool is we uh, as betters, we like to find like certain edges and maybe sometimes we try to make it more than what it is oh, yeah. and we create these narratives pick a little bit yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll ask Will like dude you know coach gets fired do you guys rally behind the next coach and he'll mm-hmm. be like eh, some guys do but I wasn't really a rah-rah guy right. or you know a short week preparation things like that yeah. some of them are true some of them are like nah you're just creating these in your head and making it more difficult for you
0: Yeah, it's always good to have that insight. Me and Joe don't have that. We're just two. I don't know if we would call ourselves degenerate gamblers, but we're just two gamblers. So it's good to have you here. Well, hopefully we get some extra insight. And luckily we have four underdogs who won this week, so it's very fitting for your show. Uh, Let's start with Big Ben and the Steelers. They were getting four against the Ravens. They won it 2019. And this game, (laughs) frustrating, depending on which side you were on. But uh, Harbaugh decided to go for it. With 12 seconds left, really trusted Lamar in this. Instead of trying to tie it with an extra point, I say Lamar overthrew it either way. The pass intended for Mark Andrews did not make it for the two-point conversion. Steelers won. Tough day for Lamar overall. Sacked seven times, half of them coming from T.J. Watt. It was a good showing for both defenses, I would say. Baltimore actually won time in possession. Their defense dominated Pittsburgh for the first three quarters. But Big Ben wasn't really feeling that pressure that Lamar was. The Ravens giving up 17 points in the fourth quarter didn't help. My question here is, and uh, well, we'll go to you first. Did the Ravens deserve to win that game, or did it end how you feel like it was supposed to?
3: So this this is a funny game because I know, I know we'll get to um, Seattle 49ers eventually. But the logic I used for that game, because I picked Seattle to win that game. the logic I should have used the same logic for this game because <laughs> – and on our show, this was his, this was Nick's upset, uh, underdog of the week. And it's like, okay, you hear all the storylines about the Steelers and whatever's going on in the locker room, the chemistry, but they're playing a division rival at home. Mm-hmm. And you don't need anything else to for them to get excited for that game. So that should have been like another underdog I should have picked because of those type of storylines and, and that type of data. So... I'm, I think they definitely did deserve to win. It's interesting what, like, Mars, Lamar's doing right now. He's playing way out of character. Mm. And, I, and I'm not mad at the two-point conversion call. It was a bad throw. You know, the play was there. It was the right call. And, and they just they went it to try to win it. So, um, yeah, I think the Steelers did deserve to win simply because of the common opponent. It's funny. We had Haley O'Shaughnessy on our show, and she said, i never bet on AFC North because mm. you just never know what's going to
2: happen. So that was... That's my my deal on that also you you've been on the bandwagon with tj watt because there was a game earlier this year where he was slated to miss and as we were doing the breakout we got the alert that he might be questionable and will yeah. was like oh no hold on, hold on. Let's, let's backtrack it's a huge, little bit yeah. and, and change it and like you said he had half their sacks i love that two-point conversion call i was someone that I, I i bet the Steelers on the money line just because the whole talking point was that report came out that big ben's going to retire after this year no one is on the the Steelers they look so bad offensively against the Bengals Chase Claypool and the music yeah not enough music at practice and then they get T.J. Watt back and when they go for two there I'm a believer that if I have an elite quarterback I'd much rather go for it I bet on the Packers so many times in the playoffs where Aaron Rodgers leads them to overtime and then they don't get the ball back yeah and the team goes down and scores a touchdown so if you have an elite guy like that I'm for it it didn't work out but I mean, it worked out for me but for the raven
1: yeah my sort of philosophy on that is if you feel kind of lucky to be in that situation you go for two and try to steal a win if you feel like you're the better team and have been playing better all game long maybe not don't let it come down to one uh, one play the ravens were lucky to be in this game they didn't play very well um i mean a desperation eight play 60 yard touchdown drive at the end of that game they had to convert a third and 14. we've seen those sort of heroics from lamar quite a few times this season but This Ravens offense right now is pretty out of character from what we're used to seeing the last couple of years. They're just 16th in points per game, which isn't terrible, but again, fairly pedestrian from what we've seen in recent years. Lamar Jackson over his last four weeks, just six touchdowns compared to eight picks. He's only got uh, multiple touchdown passes in two games this season. Um, 16 to 13 touchdown interception ratio. The team as a whole, four to five games under 20 points. They just haven't been that good. They've been surviving to win games. They've gotten a couple close, narrow wins, but L- l- largely been bad. I mean, and go back a couple of weeks. It was the Miami loss where they got beaten by Tua uh, on a prime time on that Thursday game. So yeah, the Ravens are in a weird spot. Um, and What's their record Their record, right record now? at eight and four. I feel like they're in the driver's seat still of the AFC North. But at the same time, I don't know how you feel super confident about them in the AFC. But for that's
3: sure. but that's still super impressive despite them getting decimated with injuries to start the year. Yeah, they've had so many. Yeah, so for for them to be eight and four. And and to have those recent struggles, you look back at to like okay why are they still able to have success? And then you look at things like okay it's it's the culture, it's overall mm-hmm. it's the culture while wow. they're still able to go into games, and compete where it comes down to the wire. Yeah, they got they have. They had a game where they got blown out against Cincy. Um, that's uh, really the way the NFL has been going this year. That's that has happened. Yeah. But because of the culture, which is why they're sitting at a, a sneaky eight and four right
1: now. Yeah, I think it's super impressive. I mean, the fact that they're here, I think they're outperforming everyone's expectations given all the injuries. I just think it makes them a hard team to bet on. It wasn't four to five. Five out of six games under 20 It's a terrible team to bet on. Their defense has been really impressive, but they've, I mean, the Browns game was ugly. The Bears game. Uh, where they won 16, 13 with when Lamar was out was ugly. Obviously, the Miami game—we've yeah. seen this movie enough times now. Where they are sort of a hard team to predict.
0: Well, that's the thing for Lamar too. It's like he was that running quarterback, but now he's trying to have a, a big passing game too, and it's just so much pressure is on his shoulders because it's not like he has a ton of weapons either. And when he's getting pressured the way he does, it's like it's yeah. all on him, you know. So.
3: But he came out the gate slinging this year. He had a he yeah. That's what I'm saying. He, yeah. He's really.
0: Kind of can't his get game sacked seven not,
1: right? times and expect to win many football games.
3: No, yeah, that's you
0: can't. But that's not all on him. Uh, let's move on to the Chargers. another – this one, a road dog getting three. They get a win over the Bengals. 41-22 to is the final. Started hot with a 24-0 lead in the first quarter. Did let the Bengals kind of get up. Um, and I've, I've been rooting for the Bengals, I think, so it was exciting. But Bengals couldn't really get out of their own way, and I think that was their biggest issue. Joe Burrow, we talked about the sacks. He was sacked six times. And Joe Mixon had just 54 yards rushing after two consecutive 100-plus yard games. I tweeted out before the game, like, how high is too high for his prop? Apparently, it was too high, which is not what you would expect because they were facing the worst run defense in the NFL. Uh, And it was actually his fumble that returned for a 61-yard touchdown followed by a Chargers 17-0 run in the fourth. Not a great game for him, unfortunately. Uh, Coming into this, you had a Chargers team that, couldn't stop the run. Offense seemed to sort of be all over the place against a Bengals team that seemed to be getting on a roll, right? What should we be expect- expecting from these two teams, Dick?
2: They're so hard for me to figure out because when I get on board, they let me down. Yeah. And this game, it seemed like a like a college basketball game in the sense of just a game of runs, right? Mm-hmm. Like they jump out to that 24 nothing lead, and then the Bengals come back, and it just felt like, peak chargers like the chargers are just gonna charge her again and then the turnover I think that really changed the game even though the score wasn't as close as what it was at the time was the Jamar Chase mm-hmm. interception where like dude was going in for a walk in what's 55 60 yard touchdown and then that bobble and I was on that too with Mixon because everybody's been going crazy yeah. against He's the smashing, charges on yeah. the ground yeah. but Herbert will will pointed this out yesterday on the show he loves these kind of games. He wants to go back and forth, track meets, shootouts. That's where he thrives. So that's what you saw yesterday, I think, with the Chargers.
1: I hope these teams play again in the playoffs. I would love to see a matchup between the two, and I would bet the Bengals again, as I did yesterday. I think this is sort of a game. That they had a couple of big wins in a row, being the Bengals. It's a it's an unfortunate letdown spot, given the opportunity at hand, especially with Baltimore losing. They had a chance to, to get back into the driver's seat in the NFC North. But... It was sort of one of those games, I look back to the Dallas-Denver game where you're just like, do you really overreact to this or is it just a day that went wrong in every possible way for a team that's obviously pretty good and we've seen to be pretty good? That's the case with this Bengals game, I think. Their first drive of the game, sack fumble. Mm -hmm. Jamar Chase drops instead of a 70-yard touchdown, it's an interception. They have a two-point conversion to tie it, don't get it, but then get the ball back. And Joe Mixon uncharacteristically fumbles. It wasn't a great exchange. Sort of, it's like, he fumbled right out the second he got it. Um, Mm -hmm. The protection up front wasn't good. And so, I don't know if I have a huge takeaway from this game. I think, I guess, it was good to see the Chargers come out and and win sort of a shootout mode. But I still like the Bengals. I'm not not jumping off that bandwagon yet. Yeah, I think the jury's still out on
3: Cincy. Um, Just from... Just overall, I think, yes, they're, they're competing this year. They're playing well, but I feel like the jury's still out because now we're getting into like it matters season. You mm. know, um, I think in the middle of this season where, you know, they were, you know, blowing teams out and competing, I think it's good. I think, especially offensively, you know, they have pretty much everything they need where in the offseason they can go ahead and adjust that offensive line because they have their weapons across the board. And um, the, the charge, it was good to see them get back. You know, I think, I know you mentioned the Broncos, the Broncos, I, I fell off them long time ago so the dallas game was super weird but i think this game it was just like the chargers are who we think they are and they they mm. came out and showed it
2: today or yesterday i wouldn't i wouldn't hold too much stock in uh these like bad losses because you every team has had just a, a it's the WTF a loss. Loss. Yeah, yeah. and some of them i've even had two right? like the bucks yeah. lost to trevor Simeon. but this was a this was a like a
1: a good loss
3: right like, you yeah lost right. To the Chargers, not like right. jacksonville beating buffalo, buffalo yeah It's so hard
1: to bank on turnovers. Like when you're making when you're making a bet and handicapping a game to have any sort of idea of fluky turnovers and stuff. So
0: But again, I I think the almost the Joe Mixon prop hitting so far under kind of goes to show that you can't even predict, like you would think against this Chargers run defense, he's going to go off. The run game going to be crazy. You just can't, can't
3: predict, predict injuries. Yeah. That's the thing, too. The AFC
1: wildcard anything. picture is pretty nutty. Uh, the five seed is, is Buffalo at seven and four. They obviously play on Monday night against the Patriots. Uh, the Chargers and Bengals are both six and five or seven and five in the six and seven spots um, with Pittsburgh and Indy behind them. So. That seven. season is going to be. It
0: really could be anyone, which makes it so exciting. That's yeah. why this season uh, is great. Very excited.
1: Niners-Bengals next week is going to be a fun game.
0: Mm. I would say tonight's probably the most exciting. I would say. It feels like the Super Bowl to me. Bills-Patriots now. Anyone else? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, let's talk your Seahawks. Joe. <laughs> let's talk your Seahawks.
1: Your Seahawks. I know. It's always my versus Seahawks. Your, your
3: like my, versus your versus your Niners. We'll <laughs> talk clear. my
0: Patriots later, but let's talk your Seahawks.
1: I just want to make one thing clear. I've versus covered your the Niners. Niners. Seahawks fans think I'm a Niners fan. I'm from <laughs> Seattle. Grew up a Seahawks fan. Covered the Seahawks for two years before moving here. Niners fans think I'm a Seahawks fan. And I really, they could both go 0-17 for all I care because I just want the damn Seattle Mariners to make the playoffs. It's really where we're at. Okay,
0: so, so Joe, but, yes,
1: my Seahawks. Joe Burnley
0: doesn't yeah. care.
1: I really don't. I, I mean that.
0: I, I, I believe I just
1: you. want Cap. the Mariners to win.
0: <laughs> I believe you. I don't Cap emo on the Seahawks. That makes, you know. It, yeah, no, it makes sense. But they won, right? It, they and, and you Crazy called game. it a hell of a win. So, Nutty game. So we'll go with that. Uh, they were getting three against the Niners at home. They ended up winning 30-23. Niners actually led at the half 23-21 and then stopped scoring, literally went scoreless in the second half. Uh, Seahawks defense stepped up big, stopping a 49ers run game that has been dominant really the past three weeks, but they looked a lot better on offense too. Russ finally had that comeback game we kept talking about we were waiting for, completed 30 of 37 for 231 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Well, everyone seemed to right off the seahawks sort of last week did we speak too soon are they back were they coming back
3: listen you need to put adrian
1: peterson in the ring of honor right now <laughs> <laughs> already Aladdin carries for 16 yards and a touchdown in let's a touchdown. go
3: um so this was my uh underdog of the week i picked the the seahawks for the storyline i told you earlier is everyone is you know down on seattle and out and mm-hmm. Confused on what's going on because they they have the talent, you know. It should be a simple game plan. Is like get the ball to you know lock it and DK like that. It's that easy. And um, but again, I know like this game matters. Versus, I mean, you covered like you, said, you covered it. Seahawks forty nine ers. That's a big deal. And if there's any type of game to get back on track, forty nine ers at Lumen like that's that's legit so that's why i was was high on them for this game in terms of uh, betting the money line but um i don't know it's just confusing right now in in seattle i don't don't really know what to to make of it uh in terms of again what's going on because defensively you look around you're like okay in the in the middle of the field meaning i'm saying like the d tackles linebackers and safeties like they have elite players. And then I'm um, obviously you're looking at pass rushers, you're not so sure. You're looking at corners, you're not so sure on what's going on there for them. But offensively, Russ is back, and you think immediately they should just come out the gate and then they get, you know, smacked at Green Bay, and then, you know, the whole deal with Washington, which I don't like that call either. But um, I don't know. It's hard to figure that out. I can't even like put on my NFL hat and make logic of what's going on, but it's an interesting situation. But I did like the win yesterday
2: i think they they miss carson and having a steady run game in seattle because even like the the core of that legion of boom team and i know this is going back a while but the way their team has been constructed is they always want to have a back that they could count on and feed
0: mm.
2: and now you get dk and you get Lockett, so you do want to open it up but i think At their core, they really want to run the ball, and also yesterday they scored on that fake punt too, which is something we haven't seen. I think since 2017, they said was the last. But that's been the
3: issue: is like, how do you adjust when you don't have that? You have to adjust. Like the my biggest pet peeve is being in locker rooms when coaches are like, "Look, we're gonna do what we do." It's like, okay, well, guys, we can't do what we do because we don't have what we need to do what we do. (laughs) So, you know, how do we adjust
1: for so long? It's It's been getting back to last year: is the inability to adjust. Right. Last year was the two high shells. Now it's not having Chris Carson. And it's been, they've had defenses have been able to play, you know, checkmate them, game in and game out. I think Russ getting healthy uh, helps. Now he's a full eight weeks away from that finger injury, which was the the kind of back end of that timeline. He looked more like himself yesterday. The one pick wasn't his fault. Talk about kind of games that are insane to, to find a way to win. A couple of weeks ago, it was the Ravens beating the, the Browns, despite Lamar throwing four picks. Mm. In this game, the Seahawks, really, Gerald Everett had two fumbles, one of which, came on the goal line, and then a drop on the goal line. Instead of a touchdown, it was a pick. Um, the Niners have just as many opportunities. They turn the ball over three times. of the big special teams play. Um, Shout-out to George Kittle, who's just a beast. Dying Kittle. Yeah, to, 80, two touchdowns, but I had him on my team. The whole time Cole. I was watching this game, my thought was, I'm so thankful <laughs> I didn't bet on it. I'm thankful I stayed away because yeah. it was all over the place, as those games usually are.
0: Well, yeah, I just, I stayed away because the
1: Seahawks we, don't play normal games.
0: I was going to say, we don't know what to expect from the Seahawks yet. And I feel like, especially with this season, but um, like, I have to see a three game run really from a team before I'm like, okay, they're back or okay. I can trust this team. Luckily they play the Texans next. Mm-hmm. So that's good for them. But then they play the Rams. So it's going to be interesting to see Sandwich, game. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> hey, the there sandwich game. there we go. There we go. Seahawks are good game. enough
1: to like, where you could say it's a letdown game. And where up. is that game? Yeah. Where is the Texans game? Uh, Uh,
3: Texans
0: Texans are home, and then so Seahawks are on the road for the next two.
3: They're going to Houston.
2: Going to Houston.
0: Going to Houston. Stay away. Just
2: pursue caution. (laughs) Pursue caution.
0: Sandwich. We don't use that term. I kind of like that term. Sandwich game.
1: Sandwich game. Letdown spot. All the same, but it's a real thing. It's a real thing. We've seen it a lot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, for sure. Well, Yeah. yeah. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you think? um one thing that kept me away from the Niners was no Debo. And I know it's weird because it's yeah. a wide receiver, and a lot of times it's the quarterback. The quarterback's missing. You're going to take points away. But, man, the way he's been playing this year, I feel like he means something to the points spread. Maybe like a half point. I'm not going to say a full point, oh, but sure. yeah. just so they're giving him handoffs. Uh, yeah, he's like a third that often.
0: Yeah, he can kind of play anywhere. That's why I, I stayed away. I was thinking about taking the Niners in that game, and I saw that, and I was just like, eh, I want to stay away. When – and I think almost when I'm looking at a quarterback, or whether it's like a Jonathan Taylor that's out, someone who's a main part of the offense that's not a quarterback, I still usually stay away because you just don't know how they're going to really react.
1: Devo's a top five, probably top three, you know, along with Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor, Offensive Player of the Year candidate. So, yeah, yeah I yeah. think it does make a difference, especially when you have a quarterback as limited as Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I mean, he's not an upper echelon guy. He's a guy you can win with, but not necessarily win because of on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. You saw that with some of the bad decisions. So when you mm-hmm. lose that security blanket, and Debo is 100% a security blanket because he's a guy you get the, the ball in space, mm-hmm. he's a yak monster. I mean, he's almost averaging a first down in terms of yards after the catch per reception. As a runner, he's been one of the most efficient running right. backs in all of football. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you, with him especially, there's not many, but he is definitely one of those guys where it's impossible to replace him because he contributes in so many different areas.
0: Yeah. All right, guys. We got to get to this last one. (laughs) Lions-Vikings won <laughs> that ruin my parlay. Joe's teaser, right? And I think like a hundred other parlays together. across the world. <laughs> uh, Lions were getting seven. They get their first win of the year. Against I'd the like Vikings. Cameron Dantzler
1: to get it together. That's what <laughs> I want, Will. And Xavier Woods to get it together. I'm pounding the table for this one. <laughs> I
0: am. He's pissed. I'm pissed too. I was still thinking about this Fox morning. team
1: teaser loses because they just don't play defense in the last play of the game. <laughs> they did Dude, not. you're a DB. Yeah. Tell me, you can't. That's gonna be the most cringeworthy thing to watch for you. They give five yards of cushion into the end zone.
0: Hail Mary coverage. Wasn't all, like on a the dude 11.
1: monster guy or made a contested catch or an incredible throw from Jared Goff. Just played off coverage. Let the dude run to the goal line. You
0: literally ran, turn around, and caught dark. it. <laughs> like
1: you, some, you said it some, yesterday. Some, what Brown did? said after the game he was shocked that there was so deep. They're basically playing hail Mary coverage mm-hmm. for a 12 yard pass.
2: Yeah, we'll brought it up yesterday. What what a DB should be doing in that scenario. Yeah, I almost feel like the uh
3: the Vikings had something on the spread. <laughs> Dude,
0: right? I had to. <laughs> I was sitting there watching. Like, I was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Do they know that they're?"
3: Yeah, no. The, like, the the golden what? rule is so the high red zone is like 20 in, right? The high red zone, and if it's the last play of the game. Right, if it's regular, like, pre, like, pre-rent Hail Mary, like, from the 50 on end, they tell us heels at the goal line, right? And then same thing, if it's 20 yards in on the high red zone, same thing, heels at the goal line. Because the easy touchdown is to just sit in front and mm. fall on the goal line. Like, the whole, what Tom Brady and Mike Evans has done all year, right? He'll just box them out, sit in front of the goal line, and he'll just drill it, you know? So, same thing. You you sit the goal line, you make them run around you, and you want the quarterback to throw it over your head. And that's and that's that's the end of the game one on one. So I'm sure like Coach Zimmer is losing his mind because he's a, he should he's, be losing he's, his job. He's a
1: yeah. I'll, you, by that. the way, I reckon
3: you would never hear me call someone's job. So that's your job. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and as a DB coach, like that's. But you know what happened though? Sometimes, and I I can say this that, you th- guys think the game is like in the bag. It is like okay, they got one last shot. Let me just – I can, like, chill on this. Bob. I can chill on this. I can <laughs> chill on this play. You know, they're probably going to run something deep. Or the, maybe the young DB thought it was going to be thrown up in the air. He was like, oh, I'm just going to chill. And they ran, like, double slants across, and Amar Singh Brown ran in front and sat down, and Jared Goff stepped up and, and made the play. So, But, you know, overall, despite you hating this loss, I, I like I like the win – Obviously, for the state of Michigan, you know for for everything that they they dealt with at Oxford high School, I think it was it was just it was just meant to be it was just meant for that to happen uh, for them um so yeah, horrible defense, great play, great finish, exciting finish for Detroit.
0: A sweat fest I didn't need. Uh, like, what was your He's thing all on calm it? now.
3: He's all <laughs> calm now because I just switched the emotion. I know to there go there. Hey, listen, I'm happy teaser. for Dan
0: Campbell. Like, if we're shaking a football, I am happy that they finally won a game. And this is why I kind of stayed away from I took Vikings money line in a parlay, and I also took Vikings <laughs> minus seven, but I kept saying I wanted to stay away from that because we know the Vikings like to bring every single game down to that last play. Pretty much every game but one or two came down to seven points or less. <laughs> and so I'm like, and the and Detroit needs a win. I should mm. probably stay away from the spread, and this is it. why. And I couldn't do it, and so I kind of just hit it on all angles, and as I'm watching, I'm like, holy shit, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's happening. <laughs> I saw a great
3: tweet from uh, Andrew Hawkins. He said, all right, Joe Thomas and Darren
1: Olowski, let's pop champagne as the last teams to go <laughs> all in 16. <laughs> I just <sighs> – Give a shout out to Justin Jefferson, who's a monster. My fantasy team, 82 and a touchdown that should have been the game-winning score. He's on pace. We talk about he's not uh, offensive player of the year. Can we he talk, a, we talk about Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor for good reason. Those guys are going to be the top two for offensive player of the year. Justin Jefferson is in the conversation when he's on pace for 111 catches for 1,700 yards and 10 scores. He's been incredible. Mm. I, I just I can't get over this game. I can't get over a corner backpedaling. He bailed actually which is worse he, with with straight legs flat-footed to a point where even when the throw was made to the goal he would have been late regardless but he couldn't even make a break on the football because it, lo- it was like a practice rep it was like a walkthrough. Rep that's what i'm him. saying he was relaxed like okay then
3: he's not gonna make this ball we should
1: probably get this <sighs> did act. he not know that that was the last
2: leg of my <laughs> teaser that needed to hit
0: <laughs> i took it personally i also took it personally
2: well i feel like it's just a, a way more difficult throw like you saw the one pass at Jimmy G through to Kittle. He, like, high-pointed it, mm-hmm. and then the other one to Logan Thomas by Heineke. Like, yeah. those are, you know, a lot of things happen. It might go into third de- uh, the third row, or you might just drop or something, but as opposed to throwing it in the front, it, it just makes it so much easier. It was the easiest thing I've
0: ever seen. It was no elaborate route or anything. He literally goes, boop, turn around, catch.
2: Despite it being That's the first mouth. win for the Lions, eight and four against the spread this year. So they've been, a lot of games been closed. Yeah. yeah. And they're a team that just even though it's their first win they've been playing a lot of games tight they both, have been. both teams done well against
3: the spread minnesota and uh detroit
2: yeah and we were talking about with uh kirk cousins he probably gonna be a rough week for it's gonna be, no probably he's gonna get lit yeah up yeah, this week. yeah and also Thielen went out i think Thielen i was is gonna a say Thielen not playing
0: was big and they had some injuries on defense too which i don't think i took into enough consideration you shouldn't though because
3: it. you just you don't bail at the goal line when the game's on the line. Despite all that. Yeah. Uh, so
0: honestly, Lions deserve to win that. <laughs> Lions deserve to win that game. No one cares, about, no one cares about
3: Joe's teasers. No one. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Cam all Dantzler right.
1: for sure doesn't give a shit about my
3: teasers.
0: <laughs> Will and Nick, thank you guys so much. Everyone make sure you check out Upsets and Underdogs. What day we, do we have that? What day of the week? Wait,
3: you have a Blue Iron Mug? I Graham, I'm special. Kevin, Jordan.
0: <laughs> no, they're here. I could have gave you one too. Next time. Day. How do people listen to upsets and underdogs?
3: On all ear pods. YouTube also some YouTube videos as well. Tuesdays. What days? Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays and Thursdays. Oh yeah. Week.
0: Tuesdays, Thursdays. Appreciate How you guys. How fitting we had all of those underdog wins for them,
1: huh? Upsets and Ups- underdogs.
0: Upsets and underdogs. How fitting. Let's talk about. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about another underdog that's going to win before we get to Monday Night Football: Patriots at Bills. I wanna talk about this promo because we're talking free money, people. Bet $5 to win 400. New win bet users only. Put $5 on any spread, total, or money line, odds minus 120 or greater, and you'll get $400 in free bets if the bet wins. Free money, free bets, we love it. Tonight, the Patriots, my Patriots, getting three points against the Bills. Total opened at 45 and a half, down to 41. Weather will play a factor here, expected to play a factor, which is why we saw that total go down. High probability of wind, snow, all of that northeastern stuff. 20 to 30 mile per hour winds. As we know, New England is rolling right now. Six-game win streak, 6-0 and against the spread, 2. They've outscored opponents. This is crazy, 211 to 63. They're leading the league in interceptions. We know they have the number one scoring defense, but now they're playing a very legit team in the Bills who have, they're right there, right there in terms of scoring defense, number two. They're number one. The Bills are number one overall DVOA. New England is second. So two great defenses. I think the question is which offense is going to show up the most. And that's the only thing that worries me. I just don't know because I know how good the Bills can be on offense. But then part of me is like, I hope Josh Allen throws another, another pick because he's thrown seven in the past four games. Like, am I going to get that or am I going to get the MVP Josh Allen?
1: Yeah, this is a monster game. And I think you look at not just what's happening in the NF or AFC uh, East, but the AFC playoff picture as a whole, whoever wins this game, obviously in the driver's seat in the division to win. Yes. But you're looking at right now, eight and four, both these tier or not both these teams, Buffalo seven and four, but with New England and eight and four, They have a chance to be the number one seed in the conference if they get to win this game. So it's not just what's happening in the division. It's potentially getting the number one seed uh, going into the playoffs and home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Again, only one team now with this new format gets a bye in the first round. Um, This is a tough game to predict because I do think it's going to be close. You never know how the weather is going to impact things. I've always said, I've been saying this for weeks now. The Patriots to me are a team with a higher floor and a lower ceiling. Buffalo a team as we've seen with the, the clunkers they've had in a couple of different spots, uh, a couple of weeks ago against the Colts a couple of weeks before that against the Jaguars, we've seen Buffalo look bad mm-hmm. on a number of occasions this year where we really haven't seen that from the Patriots, but I do believe this, the bucks have the higher ceiling, The Bills, yeah. you don't know how the bucks lack of a consistent running game is going to impact things. If, if the wind gets bad and the weather gets bad. So, um, uh,
0: the Bills
1: you said the Bucks I said the Bucks my yeah. bad <laughs> That's the Bills Bills.
0: Bills. I know what you're talking about
1: <laughs> um yeah I think it's a hard game to predict which is why if we're just going to go right into our winning picks and we're both 0 and one need a W um mm. I'm just gonna take the Patriots money line I'm gonna take them at plus 125. Um, I think taking the points here makes sense but to me it's a game is a total coin flip and so uh why not why not take the team with the plus money um and I like New England here
0: I agree, and I also think if the weather, and I never know how much to weigh in the weather because obviously that makes the passing game a little more difficult, and I think the Bills are more one-dimensional in their offense in terms of they rely on the passing game more. The Patriots have had a really good run defense. I'm hoping that is what happens and that the Patriots can run on, uh, lean on the run game and do well with it. Still, with that said, I'm going to go with a receiver prop. I'm riding Joe with the guy who is closing in on a career high season. Wide receiver Kendrick Bourne over 31 and a half receiving this is at minus 114. He's hit this over in all but one of the past 10 games. He leads the team in receiving yards and yards per catch. Four receivers out of the whole entire league with at least 30 targets. He's tied for first in contested catch rate. So I feel confident in his ability to get some of those tough contested catches which he will face against this Bills team. He's catching at a nearly 80% success rate, averaging just over seven yards a catch. I think this is going to be the toughest defense that they have faced yet. They did face the Browns and the Panthers, but I will say this is the toughest defense they'll face. I think the Bills are likely going to be focused on covering Jacoby Myers, um, covering Aguilar as their deep threat, which he is supposed to be. So I see Bourne hitting this in maybe a few short intermediate throws, or maybe even an explosive play or too because we've seen that out of him the past few weeks. So I'm going Kendrick Bourne over 31 and a half receiving. But I also love the Patriots because I took the Patriots in a money line last week. So Patriots, we're all in, baby. Yeah, I think there's tons of value
1: there. I mean, that number seems shockingly low, and I think you're getting an advantage or or getting a a buy low opportunity with that number given the uncertainty with the weather. Yeah. It's still going to be passing. I mean, it's not just going to be a run the ball every single play kind of game. So I like that play. I also like – Um, Cole Beasley over three and a half receptions as well if you're looking at another prop maybe on the Bills side so Mm, um, lots of value in the prop market um, but I like that I'll tail with you and and join you at Kendrick Bourne over 31 and a half.
0: Let's go New England Woo! All right, Joe that's it. I'm Rob Lowe in this
1: one. I just put the NFL hat on. I just want to see a good game
0: But no you're not. You're you're, you're rooting for the Patriots. (laughs) Come on I will be wearing all my Patriots gear tonight. If you see me out in Vegas you know what's up All right, everyone, that's episode 25. This is Monday. We will see you guys back on Thursday.